0: Welcome to the Valleybrook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our current series, Habits. In this series, we are focusing on habits that we can implement into our routine that bring focus and health into our spiritual, emotional, and physical lives. We hope you find this podcast meaningful. We love to hear how God is touching people's lives. Just go to our website at www.valleybrook.cc, select Contact Us, and send us an email. Good morning, everybody. Recently, I was reading in Rachel Cruz's book uh, that's called uh, Love Your Life, Not Theirs, uh, and the subtitle is Seven Money Habits for Living Living the Life You Want. Uh, She she writes about how she moved into habits. Now, if you don't know who Rachel Cruz is, I'm going to tell you a little bit about her, and then you'll sort of put together the connections. She's a wife. She's a mom. She's a speaker. She's a writer, and she's also uh, the daughter of Dave Ramsey, who teaches financial peace university. (laughs) So uh, this is what she writes. She goes, I hate the sound of my alarm clock. There I am perfectly happy, content and warm in my bed, just dreaming away when out of nowhere, that annoying upbeat ring starts going off. My alarm jolts me out of dreamland and drops me into a new and much too early morning. It takes everything in me to not hit the snooze button or throw my phone across the room. I'm not even sure that God is awake at 5 a.m., but I am. Now, oh, how things have changed it wasn't always like this. Earlier, early in my career, I'd wake up around 7 a.m., roll out of bed, get ready in a rush, grab some coffee, and run out the door to get to work on time. Most mornings felt like a blur, and my body was basically on autopilot while my brain kept on snoozing. I didn't value or even enjoy that first hour of the day. My morning habit was simple. Get up, get ready, and get out as quickly as possible. But my life's a lot different now. When I became a mom, I realized pretty quickly that if I wanted to have any time to myself at all during the day, I would have to get up early. The demands of being a wife, a mother, a speaker and writer, and a frequent traveler can exhaust me if I don't secure a few precious moments of peace and quiet each morning. I need time to prepare for the day ahead of me by gathering my thoughts and enjoying a cup of coffee before my daughter wakes up and I have to get her and myself ready. If I skip that first part of my day, I don't feel as focused or productive, and if I've tried to carve out some quiet time for myself later in the day, it would never happen. The only way for me to have this time was to create a new morning habit of getting up a couple of hours earlier than before. That meant that I would have to get up before the sun and get used to seeing 5 a.m. flashing on my phone's alarm. Getting up that early used to feel like punishment. Now it feels like a gift. I'll admit that the first few weeks of this new routine were a little rough. I was tired. I got mad at myself for staying up too late the night before, and I wasn't used to tiptoeing around the house in the dark. Over time, though, I grew to value those early morning hours. I liked how having that time made me feel. I felt more present with my husband and our daughter, and now I don't even have to think about it. just do it. It has become a habit for me. Now, uh, as you probably can put together, Rachel Cruz is a follower of Jesus. And while she's writing this book for both a Christian and a non-Christian audience, and she doesn't talk about what she does in that morning hour, I'm pretty certain that it includes prayer and Bible study. That story is a powerful and important reminder that What we've been studying over the past weeks is an important uh, part of what we do as followers of Jesus Christ. And it starts with making a small decision that eventually becomes a meaningful habit. Today's the last uh, message in this series that we called Habits, and uh, this has been an amazing series. We've been grateful for all of the the feedback that we've gotten for you. We'd love to hear from those of you who haven't shared that feedback, so so please send us an email or a text because we would love to hear it. It's been a blessing to put it together and, and to see how God has used it. Now, In this series, if you remember, we've looked at 10 habits for Christians that come straight out of Scripture. We've looked at the habits of community, of Bible study, of prayer, fasting, worship, Sabbath, service, generosity, discipleship, and purity. And I've said from the beginning that the purpose of this series is not to load your life down with 10 new habits. The purpose uh, was to help us to learn and to grow closer to God and, yes, make one or more of those spiritual disciplines a habit for our lives. Why? So it would take us closer to Christ. I'll remind you that some of those habits are what scholars say are keystone habits. And a keystone habit is one that when you adopt it as part of your daily routine— the keystone habit will naturally lead to embracing other habits. For instance, when we embrace the habit of reading the Bible, of studying it regularly, that habit will naturally and supernaturally lead us to seeing the importance of other spiritual habits, which will lead us to embrace them, uh, not because somebody's putting them on us, but because we see the value in them and we want to add them to our lives. Now, I also realized that uh, this study uh, may have made a lot of you uh, wonder how in the world that uh, you're going to live a habit-filled life as a Christ follower. So this morning, uh, I want to remind us of how we can embrace those habits of faith and be fully devoted followers of Jesus using His own words. Jesus encourages us from the 14th chapter of the Gospel of John, with two important reminders of how we can do it, And here's the first one: by loving obedience. Loving obedience. Now, look, I know people don't like the word obedience, but but stay with me, okay? In this section of Scripture, this is what Jesus says. He says, if you love me, keep my commands. And then a little further on, he says, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I, too, will love them and show myself to them anyone who loves me will obey my teaching my father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching these words you hear are not my own they belong to the father who sent me jesus makes it very clear that if we love him Out of that love for him, we will demonstrate that love by keeping his commands. And he also makes it clear that if we don't follow his commands, then we really don't love him. He's drawing a line in the sand about loving obedience. One scholar points this out about the whole thing. He says, keeping Jesus' commands is not a legalism issue. It's rather adopting a profound sense of, of obedient servanthood modeled on the servant pattern of Jesus with his Father. Loving Jesus is therefore a commitment to the way of Jesus. And because of this intimate relationship of Jesus and the Father, an obedient, loving commitment to Jesus by the disciple is recognized by God the Father loving the disciple in return. As a result, the promise is that the the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit will come and make their home with every Christ follower. And the theological implications of that statement are extremely profound for all of us. So look, we commit to habits all the time. We commit to, to habits of loving obedience without even acknowledging it. Think about this, okay? If you have a pet that you love, a dog or a cat or something else, you adopt habits around your love for that pet. You lo- your love for that pet is revealed in the fact that you obediently do things to care for your pet. You feed your pets you play with your pets, you take, your pet, you take care of your pets. Why? Because you love them, and if you don't obediently take care of them, it's not going to go well for them. So here's my own story. Fourteen years ago, my family ganged up on me and uh, persuaded me to buy a dog. I, it wasn't that I didn't want a dog. I, I love dogs. It, it really was this. My life felt very full and adding the responsibility of taking care of another living being was not something that i wanted now look i I understood that technically taking care of the dog would not be my responsibility but i'm a realist i knew how the scenario would go from my own childhood dad dad can we get a dog and mom and dad go yes and the first year is pretty good. The second year is so-so. And by the third year, it's really mom and dad taking care of the dog. How do I know that? Because my sister and I did that to our parents. Okay? So, so I, I knew how this was going to go. But the family went out, and, and we got Daisy. Um, I like to call her Cha-Ching. Um, <laughs> pets are expensive. We're going to put a picture of Daisy up on the screen for you. There's Daisy. She feels a little stretched right there, but, uh, but, but that's Daisy. Um, now, this is 14 years later, okay? And I've embraced the habit of, of caring for Daisy. Every morning, uh, I get her out of our bed, <laughs> and I carry Daisy down the stairs Because at 14, she doesn't navigate the stairs so well in either direction. And I turn the coffee machine on. And then Daisy and I go, I put on my coat and we go out for a walk. And uh, Daisy takes care of what she needs to do. And I pick up after Daisy. And we come back into the house. And she gets a treat for doing what she was supposed to do. And then I get my cup of coffee. And uh, I get my Bible and I go sit in my chair. And guess who wants to come up and sit in that chair with me? Daisy. And we sit there and I read and pray and scratch her on the head. Really, the ears. She likes an ear scratch. I guess everybody does, you know? Um, you know, and, and, and look, uh, I, I've realized um, at 14, Daisy doesn't have a, a, a lot much longer in life and i realize that uh the day is going to come where we're not going to take that morning walk and, and i'm going to miss those walks i'm going to miss the love and the care that she gives <laughs> it's catching me um but but you know we we do that we care for our pets uh, out of loving obedience nobody's making us do that okay and it's the same way in relationships with humans, okay? No, nobody makes us love others. We, we, we do it out of, of loving obedience. And in fact, think about this. You know, if you're married, your marriage vows really rest on the fact that, that you're going to uh, have loving obedience to the one you made a vow to, to, to honor that relationship both emotionally and physically. Uh, you know, you're, you're going to do that. And, and you know, um, when you get married, uh, you, you do things that maybe you never thought you would have done. Why? Out of loving obedience. You know, the truth is the same thing. You know, maybe you're not married, maybe you're single. If you have a friend that you're really close to, out of your commitment to that relationship, you do things. You, you maybe even make compromises with your friends. Why? For the sake of the relationship. Out of Loving obedience to the idea that, that there are certain things that you need to do. It's the same with Jesus. To be in a relationship with Jesus means that you're going to love Him and you're going to follow Him obediently. You're going to obey what needs to be obeyed to have a, a growing relationship with Him. And, you know, many of the habits that I mentioned earlier will, uh, will be disciplines. That you embrace, honestly, yes, out of loving obedience, but but naturally, why? Because you love Jesus, and you're so grateful for what he's done for you, and, and you want that relationship to grow. So when you think about these habits, don't get overwhelmed by them. Just think about the fact that Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And he's going to help you do that. It's just out of that natural relationship. But what Jesus said didn't stop there. And I I saved a few verses for now. Because uh, what Jesus, the next thing he tells us how we obey those commands is out out of spirit-empowered living. Okay? So let's go back to chapter 14 of John. And let's look what he says. He says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. And then he goes on and he says, all of this I have spoken while still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. So after Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commands, he tells us that God the Father and he are sending the Holy Spirit. And he calls the Holy Spirit the Spirit of Truth, who who we see is the advocate who will help us, who will teach us everything that Jesus taught. The Spirit will be with us and in us, he says, forever. So when you feel overwhelmed as a follower of Jesus, know that you have the Holy Spirit living in you to, to be God guiding and teaching and leading you. Now, let's look at these verses Jesus and God the Father send every believer the Holy Spirit okay when you came to faith in Jesus uh, you may not have realized this but scripture makes it very clear that we were given the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit comes to to be with us and to honestly live inside of us and uh, Jesus uh, shared that he was going to be leaving his disciples and he was going to send with the Father someone else to be with us and so that's what he tells us, he told the disciples then, and he tells us too that God and He are sending another advocate to be with us. Now, I want to pause just for a moment there because um, scholars will point out that calling the Holy Spirit the advocate is is just not complete, okay? They've struggled with what it means. All you have to do is, is look up this verse and compare it in several different translations. You'll find that some scholars translate it as uh, advocate, but some translate it as the comforter, or some as the counselor, or, or some as the helper. And, and you see that in the ancient uh, legal system where this word is used in secular writing, um, it, it has more of that advocate Feel, but it's derived from a word, and that word is the one called alongside. A lot of scholars just transliterate the Greek to English and call it the paraclete, which is the word in English. But let's think about this. We're talking about God's Holy Spirit who was sent to us, so maybe the best way to think about the meaning of this word advocate, or paraclete, is this, the one with a capital O, the one called alongside us. And as the Holy Spirit comes alongside us, the Spirit does all those things that scholars suggested in their attempts to translate the word paraclete. The the Holy Spirit comforts us. The Holy Spirit counsels us. The Holy Spirit helps us. Uh, The Holy Spirit advocates for us maybe most important is that jesus tells us and he tells the disciples then that the holy spirit is the spirit of truth who will be with them and in them and will teach them and remind them of everything that jesus said that G- that they will be reminded of the truth of what Jesus taught, the truth of God's word. So Jesus says, listen, I'm leaving you, but I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to go back into heaven, but the Father and I are going to send you the Spirit, the Spirit of truth who will be with you and in you forever. And that's a promise for every follower of Jesus. So as we conclude this series, as we talk about 10 Habits You know, we can lean into those habits and be a faithful follower of Jesus by lovingly obeying Jesus' teaching and by living a a spirit-empowered life. Um, We can live this life that Jesus calls us to without getting stressed out or overwhelmed. We can lean into the Holy Spirit's power who lives in us. As I was thinking about this this week, I was thinking about some of the other scriptures where, where God tells us about what we have and and um, uh, I want to remind you of God's word to uh, a man named Zerubbabel Zerubbabel was working on the Jewish temple he was actually rebuilding it you see he was a Jewish man who had been born in exile in Babylon when his parents and and all of the Jews of their generation were uh, deported to Babylon and while he's living there growing up Persia comes in and they overthrow Babylon in 539 B.C. And apparently Zerubbabel found favor with the new king, King Cyrus, because King Cyrus uh, orders him, actually appoints him to be the governor of Judah and then orders him to go back to Jerusalem and to lead the effort to rebuild God's temple and if you read in the, in the book of Zechariah, you will see uh, the story uh, of some of this. So Zerubbabel is leading the rebuilding of the temple, and, and God speaks to him through the prophet Zechariah. And he gives him a word of, about how to conduct himself. And this is the word that he gives him, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. As you think about this series of habits, if you've been stretched, if you've been pushed, think about this. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by the Spirit of God that you're going to be able to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. Not by might. Not by power. But by the Spirit of the living God who lives in you and who is with you. When Paul was teaching his protege, Timothy, he he wrote uh, two letters to him. And in the second letter, he, he writes this to him. He says, listen, Timothy, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Look, Christ followers God has not given you a spirit of fear. God has not given you a spirit of being overwhelmed. God has not given you a spirit of of anxiety. God has given you a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Do not be overwhelmed in your desire to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Claim the promise that God has given you a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. We can live that way and do whatever God calls us to do because he's empowered us to do it. There's one story in the Bible that has caught me recently, and it's a powerful story. You know, when you, when you read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, you see the people time and time again are amazed at how Jesus taught They were amazed at the authority that he commanded. They were amazed at at the things that he said, the compassion that he had, and his commitment to God. He amazed both followers of God and pagans. He, He amazed all kinds of people. There's a couple times in Scripture where it says Jesus is amazed. Of those times, only one of them is he amazed for people who had faith. Okay, He is amazed sometimes at the faithlessness of people. Um, Jesus' amazement in this person who had faith really comes because he wasn't uh, somebody that you would expect to have faith. This man was not a God follower from the standards of Judaism. He was a Gentile. He was Roman. In fact, not only was he uh, Roman... He was a soldier. He was part of the occupying forces in Jerusalem that the Roman government had sent there. And because he was there, along with troops all over the country, uh, they were not looked after uh, with good thoughts. They were considered to be enemies, honestly, of the Jewish people. And, And so I want to read this story of, this Roman soldier and see, want you to see how he amazed Jesus. So this is in Matthew chapter 8. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say, go, and they go. All I need to say is, come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those following him, he said this, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. And I tell you this, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from the east and from the west, and they will sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. But many Israelites, those for whom the kingdom was prepared, will be thrown into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the soldier, Go back home, because you believed it has happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour. Look, that man was a Roman soldier, an officer who commanded other soldiers, and he was a Gentile, not a Jew. He was disliked and distrusted for those reasons. But from his conversation with Jesus, it's clear that he believed in Jesus. When Jesus offered to come and heal his servant, he said, No, there's no need to go there he said just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed and Jesus said the word and his servant was healed look brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus desires for us to believe in him to to be people who believe in him and trust that he's going to do what he said he's going to do and so he wants to be in a relationship with you he wants to go deeper with you and, and all of those habits that we've taught you about over the past 12 weeks can help you but don't be overwhelmed by them trust that you can love jesus the way you love others just love them out of obedience love him out of obedience and trust the holy spirit to work in you wouldn't it be cool for jesus to say about us i'm amazed at your faith that would be awesome When you and I believe in Jesus and love him obediently and let the Holy Spirit empower our lives, he's going to work in our lives. But it does require a decision. It does require a decision. Maybe you've never decided to believe in Jesus. I want to encourage you to decide to do that today and tell him you believe him and you want to follow him. Maybe you've been challenged by this series to, to lean into your relationship with Jesus. I hope you have. That's been our prayer as we wrote this and as we've gone through these 12 weeks. This morning, I want to give all of you an opportunity to go public with your decision to seek a deeper relationship with Jesus, to, to say, Jesus, I want to know you more. I want to follow you more deeply. I want to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus. And the way I'm going to invite you to do that this morning is this there's a sticky note. We've done sticky notes all through this series on the seat back in front of you. All right. I'm going to lead you guys in a prayer. The worship team's going to sing. And during that time, if you feel ready to say, Jesus, I want to go deep with you, just write your name on that sticky note. And just come up here and and place it right up here uh, on the stage as if it was an altar to God where you're saying, God, I'm giving you my all. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and then the worship team is going to take over. And during that time, you decide what you're going to do. And when the spirit moves you write your name on that and bring it up all right let me pray father i thank you for what you've done over these past 12 weeks i thank you that you've taught us things that we have never known but but now lord i pray that out of loving obedience we would walk forward literally into a deeper commitment to you trusting that you're going to empower us with your holy spirit and lord for those who have never made a commitment to jesus if that's you Very simply, I want you to pray silent these words right now. God, I believe in Jesus. Just tell him that. God, I believe in Jesus and I want to follow him. I accept his forgiveness for my sins. And today I commit to following him. So Lord, take our commitments today and use them for your glory. Amen. Spend some time thinking about this. And when the spirit moves during that song, just come on up. Put your sticky note down here. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.